Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the Coffee and Beans podcast. My name is Adeshola Balogo and I'm your host. On today's episode, we have a very interesting entrepreneur, um, a friend of mine that I've known for over two decades, um, an astute businessman, Mr. Olatunji Adenuga. Um, Tunji, Tunji is, the, is the founder and managing director of Vesta Beverage Company, operating under the name Vesta Coffee. He's a serial entrepreneur who has been involved in several startup businesses over the years. He's a skilled performance and operations management professional, having spent the last decade managing deep water drilling operations with revenues in excess of $140 million per annum. Wow. He has 10 years of diverse experience in engineering, operations management, quality, health, safety, and environment, and project management across Africa and Europe. He has worked for organizations such as Wilbros, Citibank, Litwin Engineering, and Transocean. He graduated with a BSc in Chemical Engineering from Unilag. He's a member of the Society of Petroleum Engineers. Welcome to the pod, TJ. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nice to be here. Yes, yes, yes. You're welcome. Um, my first question, you know, when going to your profile, is how did, how did, how did, was was starting a coffee coffee shop or coffee brand ever in your plan? When 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 you were growing up, how did that how did that come to, come to how did that, how did that come to be? Um, <laughs> thank you for the question. Um, no, starting a coffee <laughs> business was not in the uh, in my plans when I was growing up. It's something that came to me over the years. Okay. Uh, my first real interaction with real coffee, real specialty coffee, was somewhere around 2006, 2007. Okay. Prior to then, uh, we all know what we used to drink. Used to drink. <laughs> I won't mention any names here, <laughs> not to make anybody look bad. Uh, but then, that wasn't real coffee. It was just some, uh, some liquid we put together to keep us awake. So I um, had a real introduction to specialty coffee right. in, in around 2017 and was just taken aback at, you know, the, the quality, the theater and the pizzazz around it. Right. You know, and so it was, I mean, it was part of my uh, travels during the period, got exposed to companies like Starbucks, like uh, Costa, like Caribo, right. um, like um, uh, what you call these ones in the UK. Uh, nest as well so uh, so from that point in time um, I was always looking forward to anytime I was out of the country okay. to to have that experience right um, and um, and um, um, it was just something that kept recurring in mind like why don't we do this in Nigeria in Nigeria uh, because I always felt that uh, a lot of foreign brands coming to the country set up and we haven't had the opportunity to export our own brands brands out of Nigeria right to the uh to the rest of Africa and, okay. and and the western world so so I always had in the back of my mind that someday when I was done with offshore drilling engineering <laughs> okay I was going to settle down in some sort of way into the into the uh, coffee industry, but I, was, I wasn't sure in what form, in what form? Okay. it was going to be. So um, initially, we, we um, after while, while I was working, I tried several businesses uh, where you know was an investor or sat on the board as an, as, uh, in an advisory role. 
And of course, it's uh, as as it happens in Nigeria, you have a lot of um, uh, infant mortality for mm, businesses. For businesses, yeah, startups. Yeah. So uh, after after I was uh, nine and a half years in in the oil and gas industry, I felt it was time to to make a change, and I needed to make a decision either I was going what industry I was going into. And my two major loves at that point in time was coffee, specialty coffee, and private equity. Right. Um, because I built a, a very rich um, and diverse network, network of H&Is yeah. uh, in the industry that I could, I could tap into. But I was more um, lured into the coffee industry because of that theater and pizzazz about it. And the fact that you could actually uh, create... Uh, value in terms of employment mm-hmm. and also uh, create a brand that you could export out of Nigeria and put Nigeria on the map. With private equity, you can't do much of that. And that was already an industry that was already rich with um, with those kind of uh, value propositions already right. in, in, in the area. So for coffee, by then I think there was only one coffee company that just started a year before. Okay, okay. That was Cafe Neo. Right. Um, um, I'm sure a few people know the story about it. So we just felt, all right, these guys are coming in to prove the concept. We are like a year behind them. Let's see how well they do. And I used to visit their stores to see what so they were doing. Just check and see. Yeah. Um, so that I felt they made a few mistakes, but the coffee was very good. Um, and I thought we could improve on those mistakes. And also look at the model of the more established brands across the world like Costa, Second Cup or, or Starbucks and sort of put a different vibe and improve on it, especially with soft seating and interior design and customer service. Uh, so that was just the default going, going into it. And we started and we're here today five years later. Wow. A big congrats to you for that. Um, okay. I know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Vesta. I... I'm a frequent customer of, of Vesta. And I just want to ask, what would you say? Okay, so my question is twofold. The first one is when when you were starting, did you seek for a blue a seek for a blueprint? Um more other like I you 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 said you go you you went to the to those stores and just sat as a customer. Did you did you take mm-hmm. it up a notch by <coughs> By seeking for like their b- blueprint in terms of operations, um, how do how they source their coffee, or uh, how how do you, how do you go about that? That's one. Then um, my second question is is how are you so sure that um, specialty coffee business was going to thrive in a cosmopolitan place like uh, like uh, Lagos? I mean, seeing that you had. You had someone, a company that started before yours, but they were just they were just one year in. So it wasn't like they had done five years. They were just they were, they were just one year in. So they were pretty much also in the in the baby step in stage. The early stages, yes, yeah. yes. So so how are you so sure that if you had started Vesta Vesta Coffee, that would have um, it would have been a success? So so back to my first question is, did you seek for a blueprint from those other specialty coffee shops that 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 you that you that you were inspired by? Um, I think the the time we live today in the world, we we we're blessed because information is the, yeah yeah is available at the uh, tip of your fingers. Yeah. You just need 
a good internet connect- connection and a workstation, a laptop or a desktop mm-hmm. or whatever, and just know how to navigate around right. the, the internet. And, and that would point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth be told, when, when we wanted to start, the first thing we did was we, we <laughs> myself and a friend that lived in the US, we, we wrote to Starbucks and we said, hey, can we get your franchise <laughs> in Nigeria? Because we felt if we're gonna really disrupt this market, uh, let us start with uh, in a, a well-known a well-known brand, brand yeah. um, uh, and see if that brand park can pull Nigerians in mm-hmm. because it was a it was a market that was seriously fragmented. What you could have was maybe very tiny bistros or small restaurants mm-hmm. that served coffee or hotels. You didn't have any specialty, specialty business per se. It was, brand, it, was, yes. it was you know the brand that I mentioned earlier that that were really the ones that tried to do something and um, so we felt let us start that way which was very naive because <laughs> we could have gone for a much uh, smaller brand mm-hmm. who would be more receptive to uh, coming to West Africa mm-hmm. because at that point in time if our Starbucks didn't have any location in, in Africa I don't do, 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 do uh, they have a location in Africa? No, I think they, they, they came South to South Africa, Africa, South Africa uh, yes, recently yes. Uh, but I don't think the brand has done that well in South Africa. It started well, but it sort of uh, slowed down because of the economic situation. Um, and I, I don't believe in sub-Saharan Africa. They have moved to any other country right. as of today. So um, so that didn't work out. Um, surprise, surprise. And um, <laughs> <laughs> So we decided, what else do we do? So we said, why don't we do this ourselves? So we started doing... Oh, a lot of research, um, checking online. To, um, so I was traveling a lot at that period as well for work. Okay. So every time I had some spare time, I would sit in the in one of the brand brand name coffee shops and just watch the traffic, watch how Observe. the results work, and also started reading a lot of material on the industry. Some research work that was case studies that were done by Harvard and other right <coughs> other schools. Um, and also, actually, I took a course at uh, London School of Coffee. On, oh, okay. Uh, how to start a coffee shop. Right? Is it London School of Coffee? Yes, yes, wow. yes. Uh, how long? Just, how long? How long for? It was a short training. It was maybe a week. Oh, okay. It was just uh, very short training. Um, so that helped a lot because even though I'd read a lot about um, about coffee and bought a lot of textbooks and read um, that sort of opened my eyes a lot to some of the background work that goes on behind to actually run a coffee shop. It's okay to know how the, the system works, mm-hmm. but you know you need to know the intricacies of how the knots and the bolts and the wheels spin. Spin, right. Yeah, so that that was very helpful. Um, did, did Starbucks ever re- respond to your message? Respond? N- no, I guess. <laughs> I guess they thought it was... Uh, uh, what do they call that name again? A Nigerian uncle, or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Nigerian prince. Nigerian prince email. So wow. they never responded. So well, we're hoping one day we, when we, when they try to buy us, we'll remind them <laughs> of that email. But let's wait for that. Let's wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so um, in twenty, it took a while to put the concept together. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a few of my mentors at work about it. I was thinking about leaving to start. Uh, coffee business um i would say 90 percent of them thought i was crazy, crazy yeah. this guy you're insane you <laughs> have a great job you're doing well you're one of the most revered uh rig managers uh in nigeria so why would you throw that away to 
to go and start a coffee. Who drinks coffee? No, no, nobody drinks coffee. It's, it's hot. We have, exactly. we have Nescafe. So what is this about? You know. So at some point, I thought there was going to be a family intervention. Maybe my wife was going to call my parents and say, please, let's have a prayer session for him. We don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a midlife crisis. But I just felt, you know, it was I believed in, in the dream in and the I dream. felt, you know, we could do something different. And what I always felt is... Um, the last company I worked for was Transocean. I worked in that company. Taught, taught me that um, if you want to make a difference, you have to maintain a certain standard. And there's something that I've listened to from a lot of foreigners over the course of my work life that used to irk me. It was when people say the the, issue, the phrase "tin," uh, which is "this is Nigeria," this is Nigeria yeah. or say Nigerian standard, and that used to really annoy me. So I always felt anything I wanted to do, it had to be, you know, at the same standard anywhere in the world. Globally. So if you yeah. walk into any Vesta coffee shop, you could be anywhere else in the world. Or the only time you would know you were in Lagos, Nigeria, was when you walked outside and saw the environment. So that is what we wanted to create. So I tried to talk to a few people to invest in us. I uh, got a lot of support from some of my mentors, two, two especially of them, three of them actually. Um, who were the early investors, right. and then we had some meetings, proposed to other investors, they came on board, and then we launched on the 4th of May, uh, 2017. So, uh, moving to my second question, how were you, were you sure that it was, did you see Vesta, I mean, having, how many branches do you have now, four? Three. Um, right now, we have six store-owned six, branches, oh, wow. and we have two that... Uh, we have a partnership with uh, Sterling Bank. Oh Cafe yes, One. Uh, Cafe One. In yeah, so eight in eight in, in total. In Lagos. Own. In Lagos, actually, on the island. On the. <laughs> I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come 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 to that. But how were you so sure that five years down the line, you were going to? It was going to. This this experience was going to be it. Like, I mean. I know that you always tease that it's not, but for a company that's, if, if, if a, a, a company is successful, I mean, mm. you are opening branches, definitely people are drinking coffee. So how are, how are you so sure, like, that if I started this this thing, did you have, was it was it just sheer doggedness? Was it, did, did an angel whisper to you and tell you, just start, this would work? But what what gave you that confidence that mm. even where when the pioneers had sort of missed it, you know, you've 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 exceeded what the pioneers have done. How how how, how are you so sure that that was that it was going to work? Um, well, I, I don't know about the angel part. I haven't <laughs> had the experience of angels whispering to me. But, um, or a burning bush. Yeah, or a burning bush. <laughs> anyway, I haven't seen it. any bush burning is actually burning. <laughs> so. Um, so I think over the years, because I've gone through a lot of business training mm-hmm. and management training, even even in my um, in my private sector career, mm-hmm. um, what I've come to understand is there um, one major reason why businesses fail. The top reason mm-hmm. it's not because the business is a terrible business. It might it might just be because the business is too early. Mm. The idea is too early. It's it's ahead of its time. Yeah, you think of Facebook. You had um, MySpace, uh, MySpace, which was, you know, a good a good idea, a similar idea, but it was too early for its time mm. before Facebook yeah. came in. 
And also, it could be a case of the first is not always likely the best. The, the iPhone is, was not the first smartphone, hmm. but it's the best today that has the lion's share of the market. Of the market, yeah. Facebook was not the first uh, social, social media, media platform. platform yeah. You just have to do it right. I mean, there are cases where the first have also been the best because they always continue to... And they kept evolving. Yeah, they were always nimble and kept evolving with right. the times. So even though there was somebody that was ahead of us, uh, we did not look at them because they were not our competition in our own idea, in, in our own, own heads. heads. Our, our competition was ourselves. How far did we want to take this and how far did we want to go? And it's also important that in business, in the kind of market segment you're in, um, it's always better to be in a niche market that is growing mm -hmm. rather being in a huge market that is shrinking. Mm. So if you're in a niche market, you get a lion's share of the business and that market continues to grow year on year, then you're going to, you have a, a lot of mileage, a lot of runway to run with. Nice. So it can be in a huge market that is big, but it's shrinking every year and then it disappears. You know, think of the uh, photograph business with the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, film industry. Yeah. Yeah. Huge business at some point, but started shrinking over time. Think of the smartphone market. <clears throat> Blackberry, when they had the QT key. Yeah. Huge market. Every Almost everybody had the Blackberry. Blackberry. But Blackberry, you know, Shrunk. They, they never evolved. The company <laughs> never evolved. Um, and they were here today. Same thing with Nokia never evolved on time and um, I mean had to sell their hardware business to Microsoft so um, there are a lot of examples out there that I could always point to in the right direction right um, of course it's easier said than done Nigeria is a different market you know, entirely. Of fish. Ex exactly I mean we always joke that doing business in Nigeria is like a, um, uh, what you call it Jumping out of a plane, uh, like a, trying to jump out of a parachute, like skydiving, yeah, but without the parachute, Parachutes. yeah. So, just pray you land in the right <laughs> place. <laughs> okay, so um, where, where do you where do you source where do you source your coffee from? I mean, where, where do you, where do you, where do you source your coffee? Um, rum, which which is pretty much like the raw material, mm -hmm. all that. Um, yeah. So, um, in, in our research when we're starting, um. The Nigeria had um, a growth, the bargaining coffee industry in the somewhere around 56, 58, just before we found oil. Okay. Um, the, the data that we saw showed that we're doing about 6,000 6, tons per annum then. O okay. But just after we found oil, we just sort of abandoned, abandoned it to, abandoned to, to that. some point that some of the farmers, because it's mostly grown around the mountainous regions of uh, the Mambila Plateau that spreads across. Uh, play two Adamawa, Taraba states. Okay. You know, That's the middle so belt of Nigeria. Easy, yeah, and some other regions there. Um, but because the farming practices and the processing practices are not, you know, international standards, the the quality is not at the same level. Okay. We still do produce coffee. I mean, a lot of it Arabica coffee in Nigeria, but we have um, mostly foreigners that come in to buy it, and we have some locals that also also. Buy the same. Buy coffee. the same. Okay. But, uh, what we do is we blend our coffee at the moment. So we just aggregate coffee from different regions. We go okay. to South America, to parts of Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, um, even in some cases Nigeria, and blend the beans to give us a uh, unique flavor, unique, flavor. Unique, unique, unique. We won't call it 
flavor, the unique characteristics of the coffee, the boldness, the aroma, right. the body, you know. Um, and that's one of our competitive advantages. So, like Coke, we will not tell you what the mystery is. I was going is. to say. I was, go, I was going to say. I was going to say that without without revealing so much of your trade secrets, what mm. country do you think um, brews? Well, is it brews or grows the best coffee? In your opinion? Mm. I heard. I heard it's Brazil, though. But no, Brazil is the biggest producer. Um, a lot of they produce about forty percent of the world's coffee. Coffee. Wow. Um, a lot of it is mechanized, okay. which sort of, in the process of harvesting, sort of hurts the cherries. Right, okay. So the, it's not the same quality with hand-picked coffee. coffee yeah. right. But you do have some regions in uh, in uh, Brazil that they still hand-pick coffee and you still have good quality. Uh, but from what I've tasted so far, um, and it depends on personal preference, right. you know, uh, the Peabody from Kenya stands out uh, for me. Um, the um, I mean the some of the aroma, the taste. I mean, it comes in very fruity finish okay. in the flavors. Um, but some people would say Ethiopia. Some would tell you it's uh, Indonesia, the Sumatra coffee. I've also said Sumatra. I love Sumatra coffee, by the way. Dark roasted Sumatra coffee. Uh, but I've come to. Um, Sort of admire the Kenyan 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 beans so far. Beans, okay. But again, sometimes it can be the flavor of the day that you're in that you find <laughs> just the right bean. So it's it's something that it's not stagnant. Right. Yeah, you just keep iterating. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. So, but let's let's uh, let's circle back. You know, um, definitely specialty coffee is an is an elitist industry. It's an elitist sector. Um, so I would always want to ask, um, where in picking locations for your shops, what what goes what goes into what's, what 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 are the things that go go to mind when picking locations for your shop? Now, you I you you just said a few minutes ago that your all your store locations are on the island. I remember I'd asked you a few years back that how come you don't have any on the Lagos mainland because we also have. People who can afford your your coffee, and your coffee is not cheap. Afford your coffee on in Lagos, Milan. So why, what, what informed decision to locate your your coffee shops on the on the on the Lagos on the island part of uh, of Lagos? And are you thinking of branching out to uh, to to other states and other countries? So um, just to change the narrative, coffee is not expensive. So. <laughs> okay. You can say it's not cheap, but it's not expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay, it's not um, cheap. Again, it comes to the point that um, always think of value, right? Not of price. Yeah. You know, you can uh, get a two thousand naira t-shirt, and uh, after two washes, it looks like you, uh, you know we picked it out of a dustbin, and uh, you can get a five thousand naira t-shirt that a year later. It still looks great. Mm-hmm. So we always, we always think in terms of value, value, not yeah. on cost. Um, so um, I, I don't believe we're an elitist brand. I think we are more of a brand for the um, uh, middle class to upper class, and for the young, upwardly mobile right. professional or or individual. Um, because most of our stores, uh, you have a lot of uh, the gig economy or the tech uh, mm-hmm. ecosystem yeah. 
walking out of there. So we cannot describe that as uh, elitist. Um, so one of the reasons why we started out in, in on the island is uh, we wanted the biggest catchment area uh, first, and that was our first location. Yeah. Um, in um, the one in Victoria. The Island. one in Victoria Island yeah. in Ojolobo. Um and then subsequently the rest have just been by chance. Apart from the one in Ikoi, that one was uh, deliberate as well. Uh, opportunity came up, and then we decided. To you have two in Ikoi. Uh, we have two in Ikoi. Two in Ikoi, uh, yeah. yeah, one in the um, one at Rising Sun Building, yeah. and the one uh, at Nakinos Boulevard, Boulevard. Civil yeah. School. And then we have uh, one in Lekki at Orbit yeah. uh, Center, um, and then uh, two in Victoria Island, one at. Uh, Ojolobo, like we talked yeah. about, and the other, the Pan African Center, uh, oh, okay, as well. Um, so some of it has been by chance. Um, the rest has been by design. Uh, Maryland, I said Maryland, uh, mainland were more deliberate. We want to find the right location. We've been thinking of Suruleri, oh, Yaba, uh, Yaba uh, actually thinking uh, seriously about uh, Unilag. Okay. Uni, like uh, thinking of GRE, Keja, Allen, you know, we have a lot on our mind, but we also have to understand that since we launched the business in 2017, the Nigeria economy has not been doing very well. Yes. So, yeah. uh, and our business is in the cyclical um, segment of the industry, which means that it th it thrives when the economy is doing well. Well, so I would actually say that uh, our team has done remarkably well in the last five years, considering that it's been a very, very tough uh, economic environment. Um, I mean, you know, doing business in Lagos mm -hmm, State is, mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's you have to more or less operate like a gangster in some <laughs> cases because of the double taxation, yeah. dealing with the local government, dealing with the numerous Lagos State um, agencies, some of it that I even created the night before that you don't know about, you know, so... Um, the the environment itself is not business friendly, um, and it's it's a real shame because uh, it's private and enter, uh, entrepreneurial and private businesses that are the backbone, the backbone of, the, of, of the, the economy. Of the, of the economy, yes. Uh, so I don't think the government understands this. Uh, I don't think they. I mean, it's okay that you want to raise revenue, but you you have to be clever about it. Instead of being bullish. Instead of being uh, just being. Um, um, how will I put this? Roughshod, drive yeah, roughshod over the... Just, just you know, give us or we don't care what happens, you know. But anyway, I hope, hopefully we'll get it right someday. Um, so, I mean, um, in furtherance to, to the question I asked, are you also looking at other states, Abuja? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, mean, I mean, last year we had a lot of inquiries about franchising. Okay, and, but that's not something we want to do now uh, right. because we we want to concentrate more on building uh, our brand and making the brand really strong. Strong, yeah, and and put the brand out there to be well known. Uh, we're making some progress in that, but we're not where we are yet. Right. Uh, so it's still premature to want to go into the franchise model. So we're going to set up outside uh, Lagos State. It will be. Um, our own store, own location. So okay. we're looking at Abuja, of course. We're looking at um, we're looking at uh, River State, Port Harcourt, especially. Looking at Kano, Ibadan, Enugu. You know, those are what. And outside Nigeria as well, looking at the West African states uh, like, uh, like Ghana, like 
Ivory Coast, like Senegal. Okay. Those are places that interest us because of the high um, high uh, mixture of, of diverse uh, uh, individuals that live in those countries, like, um, uh, what you call it, uh, expats who Europe, have this right. kind of lifestyle already, have inculcated into their lifestyle. And in those markets, um, especially in Ivory Coast and Senegal, it's still very fragmented. You don't have any specific brand likes, you know. Leading the park. Yeah, leading the park, uh, yes. In Ghana, which which I've, uh, the last year I've spent a lot of time in, um, I didn't notice that there were two major brands, one South African and one from Canada that has really uh, established themselves. Established themselves okay. so that, that would be... Uh, uh, so it's a much more developed coffee industry in, in Ghana compared to compared Nigeria. To here. Yeah, so you have a bigger population. And that's because tourism does drive a lot in Ghana. You remember the year of the return. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of the expats mm-hmm. went to. Uh, they were supposed to come to Nigeria, but of course the situation with insecurity yeah. is sort of stealing our shine in terms of entrepreneurship, which is a huge on tap market for, for Nigeria. Um, so yes, we, we do have, we have uh, local aspirations. We have regional aspirations, and we have and international, international aspirations. aspirations. So, there's there's something there's something um, I wanted to inquire about. So, on one hand, the the economy as we know it isn't exactly fantastic, but um, I mean, so and it's largely dependent. So, the success, so to speak, of 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 uh, of a sector like yours is dependent on how flourishing the economy is. But on one side. Vesta is opening a branch every other year. Yeah. If you take, I mean, eight locations in five years isn't bad. So, how do you marry the two? Um, um, is, is, I, I know, I know, I know that we've had we've had that conversation um, off camera, off the mic. But um, I, I'm I'm very I'm very curious um, to find out. Like in this kind of times, is this, is is the best thing not to just day your day. Just, just, just maintain with what you get. What, what informs decision to you know be boisterous and bold at it and tell yourself, you know what, regardless of what's what's going on, we are still going to reach the untapped market by opening more, 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 more branches. Like, what's the, what's the, what, what gives you that gusto, that that that, that confidence that regardless of what's what's going on in the in, in, the, in the economy, I'm. I'm this this these branches I feel that these branches will thrive when I do open them. Okay, um, I have a friend that that uh, has this motto that uh, all die not die. <laughs> so yeah, you either decide to die with a flourish uh, in, a, in a, with a big bang, right? Um, so um, yes, the economy not be doing well. Yeah. On the very first day we launched, we, I mean Nigeria just came out of the first recession. Recession, yes. And I then we sort of even. Immediately slid back Almost into the next down. recession, uh, more or less, and the naira has been sliding ever since in then. Fact. And a lot of our inputs are foreign, and we don't have access to the to the CBN or mm-hmm. any window we have to source from uh, from the black market. But in, in that being said, um, if you don't grow, you start to die. Hmm. So you might have one or two branches, and you think you can consolidate with that. You don't have scale to command or to be able to negotiate lower prices with uh, suppliers. wholesale suppliers or even to get a bit of traction from investors and if you want to raise money for expansion. So what we did was, I mean, for the, for the last five years, we haven't made any profit. We've been losing money year after year. 
But any cash flow we had, we just reinvested, reinvested. into opening more branches to try and grow the business. So more or less think like Amazon, right? You know, Amazon just continued its growth trajectory, continued to push and push until it became more like the Amazon, mm-hmm. just the everything store where it's just this big behemoth that just owns the supply chain. And, and that's what that's what we want to be, to own the space, the coffee space. So to do that, I mean, you can't think short term. You can't think, oh, I want to put in my money here and get it down five years down the line. You have to be here for the long run. And if along the way you end up in a major, you know, finality where you don't you don't make it, yeah. that's fine. But, but it won't it won't be said that you didn't try. Yes, so uh, that's why we push hard. I mean, initially we said first five we wanted to have five stores, but we were able to push to eight, eight stores. Eight stores, yeah. And we've had amazing investors who have been very patient with us. It's not easy. It's not easy to invest your money somewhere and five years you've not, it's you not see made the time where you're here meeting after meetings that you're losing money, this <laughs> X, Y, Z. And you know. And a lot of it has to do with even pol- government policies, government agencies, just making the business environment very unfriendly and it's difficult to do things. But True. that being said, you still um want to see something given back to the the country itself. I mean, we're creating employment in every any little way we can, right? yeah. P- pulling some guys off the streets. So if even if it's by adding that value, I mean, we've we believe we've done something in the least we can to contribute to to the country. So growth, especially, is is essentially tailored towards. Let's see how far we can push, push this. this. It's not a short term vision. It's not. It's not something that is for the here and now. It's for the long term. Made for, you know five years down the line, 10 years down the line, not for now. So, and then, you know, when we are maybe the 50th store, the 100th store, then we can start talking about, you know, how to consolidate and all that. So so I want to ask, is this this um, this mindset of yours regarding um, um, your business and how how you how dogged you are about it, is this, is this special, is this, is this special, is it peculiar to you or can... For that entrepreneur who's who's on that journey, and year in year out, he's not he's the, the the numbers are not making the figures are not making sense. Do you do you tell him to keep pushing, keep pushing, or just try something else? Like, how do you? Well, how do, how do you? I mean, you your background in finance obviously is helping with with this mindset of yours. Not, not no, 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 no. I don't have too much background in finance. It was a short stage. Short stage. So, so, more so of engineer. I trained as an engineer. Engineer, of course. Yes, 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 yes. But I did have a lot of training in in, um, in uh, accounting and reading yeah. uh, balance sheets and whatever for non-finance professionals. So, of course, that that, that is helpful, right? That's helpful. Uh, one of my favorite movies is... Um, uh, you know, Batman and Bane. I think it's Batman Returns. Batman, ba- Batman Returns, yes. Returns, yeah. Batman and Bane. I remember when he was in the well yeah. and he was trying to get out. And he had, he had broken his back. Uh, yes. When he had the rope around him and was trying to jump, he always failed. Mm-hmm. But when he took the rope off, I knew that if he failed, he was going to die. Hmm. That's That's when he was, you know, the adrenaline push you know, made him um, get what he desired. And that's the point with entrepreneurship. When you, when there's something else to fall back to, 
you won't be all in. Hmm. Or when this is it, it's what do you call it? God's or glory. Yeah, all or nothing. <laughs> all or nothing. Then you know you have to put everything in it yeah. and try and make it try and make it work. So maybe that's where the doggedness comes from because. Again, like I said, where initially when when this idea came to mind and I wanted to do it, a lot of people thought it was a little bit insane that you know why why coffee why you know you know what why do you think Nigeria is ripe for it because we were used to drinking you know three in one sachets mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Why would anybody spend this amount of money on coffee? And I just felt you know the world is a global village today. You know people. A lot of Nigerians were at that point moving back to Nigeria and had this lifestyle. I, for one, knew that every time I was in Nigeria, it was a challenge for me when I maybe attended meetings and just wanted to grab a cup of coffee. I always had to go to hotels or had to go to restaurants, restaurants I didn't want to go to. to, to yeah. And the coffee wasn't any good. You know? So I knew that there were other people like me who would want this kind of service, but were not getting it. Mm. So it was for me, it was a no-brainer. It was something that... I thought I would enjoy, and I always felt I always said to myself that, what is that one thing you would do, that if you did not get paid for it, you would still be happy doing it, mm. and it was always coffee. What, what do you What do you have to say to that person, that entrepreneur who is starting out a new product, and is not sure how the reception of Nigerians will be? Um, I mean, any anybody can be confident starting a new product in a saturated environment where you are sure of the reception. But in a in an environment like ours, where news is usually treated with a bit of skepticism, hmm, skepticism. Yeah. how do you, where, what do you, what do you tell what do you what do you tell that entrepreneur listening and that that's about to start a new product? But is 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 he's confident of that product? Like like this is uh, this this product I put my I put my blood, sweat, and tears tears in, in it. But I'm, I'm I don't know how the reception of this product will. Be like, what do you, what do you have to say, say to that person? Um, you have to be able to stay the course. Mm. You just have to be able to stay the course. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, it took us about nine months to do the renovation of our first store. We had planned it for eight weeks, but we had a lot of problems with the contractor, and it just kept going on and on. I went over budget, you know, and Initially, for the first few weeks, I was still working then. So I was just coming to site maybe uh, now and again. So I had to actually um, go there full time and spend time with them because some of the contractors, you ask them to do this and the wall is not straight, it's bendy, and they'll tell you, you're going to manage it like that. <laughs> I'm like, that. no, hell no. You know, pull it down, start again. start again. So that took a long time. And we went over budget maybe... 50 or 60 percent of our budget, if not even 100 percent of our budget. We, so we spent a lot of money. We spent renovating that place. At the time, I mean, I don't want to mention the amount <laughs> here, but it was in the millions, you know, and not single single digits, right? And first day we opened, first day, I kid you not, first day we opened, we made six thousand naira, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah. Uh, this will be a very expensive mistake. <laughs> had you had you had you resigned then? Yes. Okay. No, I, I actually didn't resign. I I it was if how would I put it? Um, I I offered to 
to leave. To leave. The company was even shutting down. Oh, okay, like, okay. Just pay me off, uh, and I will go. And I didn't want to push for any, um, maybe transfer. Or transfer, right, yeah. right. Um, so first day six thousand, second day three thousand, third day oh, wow. maybe went to twelve thousand. I still remember those numbers because I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> After spending these millions, how do I explain this to the investors? To investors. How do I explain this to my wife for I was insane? <laughs> and how do I explain this to myself on how I convinced myself to do this? Hmm. Um, but just kept believing that we could do it. And we just kept going, just kept going day after day. And we started seeing was very small improvements. It took months before we even saw something okay, enough to give you confidence that, okay, maybe we're maybe. onto something. So for those few months, I mean, I used to dip back into my own savings, you know, just to pay salaries, operating expenses, to buy things. I used to t- carry, take my car to go and buy diesel in the petrol station to pour myself into the gen or my security guy used to go to the market to buy things for them it it was a tough period you know it's not so if you believe in something Hmm. if you've done that's if you've done your research not just you you had a vision and you saw no 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 no. (laughs) if you've done your research and you think this would be great this would be a great business idea and it will work you have to be dogged adoption takes time but once you reach that you know, critical mass, you just keep flying. You, you cost from the company. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've said it, you've actually mentioned it, but what, what I would say, what's, what's, what, what are your greatest, cha- in the last five years, what would you say have been your greatest challenges in running a specialty coffee business? Number one, human capital. Jesus Christ. Nigerian <laughs> staff. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can relate. You can relate, right? Yeah. You know, we sort of have like a event for entrepreneurs to say, hi, my name is TJ and I also want to kill all my staff <laughs> here. And so it's, it's a huge it's challenge. It's a huge, a huge challenge. Yeah. Initially, when we started, our um, attrition rate was maybe in the 10-20%. But over time, as we started to grow and... We didn't have the same presence. It's okay to have one store and you are there 24-7 and you can monitor everything. But then when you branch out, you can't be mm-hmm. everywhere at the same time. Yeah. You can't be two places at once. Then you start seeing the problem. You start seeing people who take work for granted. Maybe stores are meant to open at 7 a.m. Store is open by 7.30 and you ask them what's the problem. And they'll tell you that, hey, I was waiting for a bus. You're not the only one that's... Some people resume by 5 a.m. and they are there. Mm-hmm. So what's your problem? And it just goes on and on. You have the issues with pilfering. That's the biggest one. And initially, I thought it was a Nigerian problem until I was listening to a podcast on um, the American Small Business Society. And they actually said, uh, they actually recommended that about 20% of your revenue should be allocated, allocated for, to pilfering. For pilfering. And I said, hell no. <laughs> For a low-margin business, I mean, 20%, that's it done. And a lot, of Nigerian, a lot of businesses in Nigeria have been put out of business, not yes. because they didn't have good sales, not because they didn't have a vast-based clientele. So low-margin business mm-hmm. with high pilfering, you're out it's of crazy. business. Out I of mean, business, we've had yeah. cases of um, 
staff having their own POS machines that would take uh, payments payment. uh, from away from the company. And my challenge is why people don't think long term. I mean, I was telling my guys that a lot of the organizations that you see today being led, C-suite organization being led by people, some of them started on the ground floor. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the last CEO of Starbucks, I just left, uh, forgotten his name now. He came in as, I think, a, a, was he a barrister or a roaster or something? And he rose all the way to CEO, CEO. because, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit the founder of the CEO. I don't want to do this forever. I want to, if when we get to a critical mass, I want to be able to step down for somebody that's been in the business and understands uh, it. Yeah, yeah to take over. But they never see the long term. I mean, the usual phrase that I joke with them with is, I'm not my papa business, <laughs> so it doesn't concern me. Yeah, that no challenge. And it's just, it's just, it's sad. It's sad because it, it doesn't help the country grow legacy businesses, businesses that go from generation to, to generation. generation. Yeah. We have the likes of Coke, who have Coke or Nike that have been here over generations. How many Nigerian businesses can boast of being around for a hundred years? Maybe just a handful. And the other is the business environment, the government. Government is a major inhibitor of business in this country. I mean, businesses are only thriving despite the government, not because of because the government. You know, so policies are put in place without... Th- because most of the guys that that put together these policies have never done a deal of business in their life. Yeah. They've been in government forever, so they don't understand where the pain points are or anything. And maybe also the private sector representatives are not doing enough to talk to them, or maybe they're just not listening to them. But the business environment is harsh. I mean... You are your own local government. You are your own PhD, provide your own power. Yeah. You are your own uh, Nigerian police, provide your own security. You know, you do everything yourself. When you still pay taxes, you still pay levies, you still pay the local government, you still pay some last part, whatever they call themselves these days. You know, so, so many, so many. It's hard to count. You know, at the end of the day, when you are done, you ask, do I need a Lagos State ID card? So I just know <laughs> I work for Lagos State and it's not, I don't really do any business. But, it's it's something that has to change. If it doesn't change in the short term, um, I mean, a lot of people are talking about the jackpot culture now. If they don't change, a lot of entrepreneurs be frustrated and, and, leave. and leave and go and ply their trade somewhere else where they think they'll be appreciated. appreciated. So, I mean, those are the two major pain points we have. The rest, I think we can work around it. I actually don't even mind all the issues with power and um, whatever. It's something that you can find a solution to. But with human capital, uh, the mindset of a lot of Nigerians and the government, it's it, it's something that you know we're still working to find a solution to. I mean, which is which is which is why every time I hear you say you know you are opening a new branch, I'm like you want to add, add the extra headache of your human capital. But but I, but but like like you said, you know, it's more of the the sheer uh, doggedness and working to produce um um critical mass um thank you tunji for spending time with us on on the podcast any any well, what 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 would, you, what would you say is like your your parting shot um for for the entrepreneur out there um just trying to make it in nigeria just trying to make sense of everything going on right now um don't give up ask for help hmm. Look for other entrepreneurs uh, around you that you can bounce ideas off. Um, 
look for someone in your industry that has done it before that you can you know ask for advice that can be like a mentor to you and um you're not alone hmm. when you are going through all those problems somebody else has walked that same road yeah. as you are walking now and they passed through it and they survived so you survive just keep going I was, I was going to, going to ask. And, and by the way, yeah. uh, sorry, sorry to cut you. No, no, no um, people, a lot of people see successful entrepreneurs out there and they start uh, saying, uh, God, good for me. Or, um, what's this popular saying? A small girl, big girl, yeah, those yeah. kind of things, you know, up and down. And they don't look at the full story. Some of these guys have been grinding for the last decade or two, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, I was reading in a founder's uh, a founder's website, it was saying that and an overnight success, someone that's been in business for ten years. Mm-hmm. So someone that's been in for two years and is going through difficulty and is saying, "I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit." You know, <laughs> I just in the honeymoon period. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to stay the course. I mean, it's 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 brave, awfully brave to be an entrepreneur. Yes, it is. Yes, so, it is. You, I mean, you have to be brave to the end. You can't be brave by half. So you have to be dogged and just keep going. I know that it's a long-term it's play. A long call. I mean, and that's why that's why I host this podcast. You know, to bring to tell people that they are not alone. Hearing stories of other entrepreneurs that are going through it, that have surmounted um, um, whatever challenges, and that those challenges are not peculiar to you or your business alone. I was going to I was, I was going to ask, I don't know how I missed that. How do you feel about other coffee, other smaller coffee company um, shops springing up now? Um, do you feel like a someone that set the trail? Do you feel proud? Do, have any of them have come to come to meet you for tips and and, and, and all of that? Do you see some sort of collaboration in, in the future? Or yeah. Um. Yes, so sometimes we we feel not pride, I would say, but we feel a sense of fulfillment, fulfillment yeah. that we've been able to do something that other people admire and want to be like. People have come to us for advice on signing coffee shops. People have even tried to steal our staff <laughs> just to you know, try to double their <laughs> salary. Typical, typical, typical. <laughs> Very just, typical. Just to start out and train their own, and then at the end of the day, they find out that it's not that not that easy. Um, but one thing I would advise people is um, when you see the duck on the pond at peace, that duck is paddling like crazy underneath. So don't think it's all rosy. You see a coffee shop, you all look at the bazaars. Oh, I like this. I have these savings. I can raise my money. Let me go and start a coffee shop. Try and understand the industry you're in. Mm. Not everything that glitters is gold. Understand your industry and understand where you can try because if you just go in it because you want to be like the Joneses. When you hit uh, the rough patch, then you will quit because mm. it wasn't a passion. Mm. It was just something you wanted to do or something you felt I want to own, you know. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration. In that's something we don't do it very well. Yeah, very in much, yes, yes, in yeah. this space, yes, yes. Where you could consolidate, you have five, six coffee shops. The founders could come together and say, you know what. We we have opportunity for synergy here. Yeah. You are good with strategy. You are good with the product. You are good with marketing. Let's come together, create one brand, and let's let's win this. Let's let's beat the world. Let's take Nigeria on the map. But because we're not very good at it, and because we see ourselves as competition rather than collaborators, that's why we've not been able to consolidate as much. Um, 
But I think the Nigerian coffee industry will grow. Yeah. I think with the current focus away from oil, I think we'll get there. And I think one day, I'm hoping it's Vesta Coffee, we'll find a Nigerian coffee brand um, in at least 15 countries in Africa and in at least five of the uh, OECD countries across the world. And do you think the local, the rise in more of those kind of specialty coffee shops will help the local coffee industry? Or do you think um, there will still be that dependence on coffee from other countries? I think it will help the local uh, coffee industry. I think there's been a lot of focus on the on the um, on the uh, back end now. Back there's end. a backward integration yeah. now. Uh, not not for us right now, but I've seen one or two other coffee brands who have been pushing. Right. There's a there's a uh, coffee business in Ilukweju. Uh, very good friend of ours. We love them. We collaborate with them a lot. Okay. They are on the uh, production side where they roast coffee. Okay. You know the fabulous people, and they have been doing a lot of work in that in that regard. Right. Uh, we also think one day we'll also do uh, okay. work in that regard as well. So. We think that the opportunity is there. We think there's encouragement for the farmers. But what is limiting us today is the insecurity. Because I've always wanted to visit Taraba and done all these places. But, you know, in the last couple of years, that's, been, um, yeah. I can't even convince my <laughs> wife that I'm going to want to take a trip there. So, so I just, you know, sign your will and you can go up with you Vista, know, you know. Thank you so much, Tunji. Thank you so much for for spending time. I mean, for for... For that, um, for anybody, for any anybody that wants to reach you on social media, how do we reach you? Um, so just uh, you know, hit us up on Advesta Coffee NG yeah. uh, on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and someone will respond to you. If you, if, I mean, if you have ideas on coffee, you want to start a coffee shop, I mean, we are happy to advise you. Yeah. You can reach out to us, and we we'll let you know. As long as you don't put our staff, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, well, a few, a few of our, if you, if you follow up the pod, you know that a few of our episodes are sponsored by Vesta Coffee. Um, um, so yeah, Vesta, 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 Vesta Coffee is a proud, proud sponsor of the Coffee Beans Pod. Um, of course, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Coffee Beans Pod. C O F W E B E N S P O D. I have a day job. Um, follow follow us on at our spoken clothiers, O U T S P O K N clothiers. Send us a mail, yes, for questions, inquiries. Send you can, you can send us a mail, coffeebeanspod at uh, gmail.com. Till the next episode of the pod, drink coffee, stay inspired. <laughs> <laughs>